This is the Aspen Public Radio Newscast. I'm your host, Kaya Williams, subbing in for Eleanor Bennett with your top stories of the day. State lawmakers in Denver have already filed more than 150 bills less than a week into the legislative session, and Pitkin County wants to make sure its priorities are well represented in proposed legislation. Caroline Yanez has more. In some cases, county officials have been working closely with lawmakers to actually craft legislation. For example, officials have been working on a bill allowing communities to implement a real estate transfer fee, something Aspen and Snowmass Village, among other mountain communities, have done since before the 1992 passage of Tabor. Levi Borst is a management analyst for the county. He says the bill allows for a great deal of local control. Borst says it would let communities set parameters on what they'd like to collect, but it has to be tied to the impact of real estate sales. So it would have to be for employee housing because, of course, each transfer of real estate, you could argue, makes real estate less attainable uh, for people on the lower end of income. He says the Colorado Attorney General's office is checking draft language for the bill to make sure it's legally sound. Caroline Yanez, Aspen Public Radio News. The Roaring Fork School District's Family Advisory Council has discussed strategies for how they can encourage stronger family partnerships in the school. Parents and community members gathered to look over a new draft policy that will guide the district office in its communication with parents. The 11-point policy requires district staff to consult with and encourage families to participate in school and district accountability committees. They'll also aim to help families understand their role in supporting student achievement and raise awareness over open enrollment, choice programs, and charter school options. Parents and other attendees provided feedback, and some wanted to make sure parents felt comfortable reaching out to teachers outside of parent-teacher conferences. Others added that encouraging parent-led events could also help build community in schools. The council will take this feedback into consideration as they finalize this policy, which will eventually go before the school board for a vote. The Roaring Fork School District's Wellness Committee held a meeting to discuss the 3R health curriculum with families last night. The 3R stand for Rights, Respect, and Responsibility. Alexander has more. Interim Superintendent Anna Cole gave a history of the curriculum adoption, which includes sex ed. But the majority of the meeting was spent hearing from the school-based clinicians who've been teaching the 3Rs in classrooms. They shared what's working well, what isn't working, and the next steps they're recommending to the school district. Sarah Golka is a counselor for the Riverview School in Glenwood Springs. She says the misinformation students believe about their bodies has been staggering. We've had a number of our middle school students who thought, like, well, a baby's, like, in your stomach and not understanding all the, like, intricate parts of, like, the differences in our bodies. Um, not understanding why a boy wouldn't be able to have a baby. So it's been really eye-opening to find out how much they don't know about just their general body parts and the anatomy that they have. She wishes teachers could also add lessons into the curriculum about drugs and alcohol because students are interacting with substances in their communities. For Aspen Public Radio News, I'm Hallie Zander. The National Weather Service has issued a flash flood watch for the Roaring Fork Valley until Saturday afternoon. As a result, anglers on the Roaring Fork River should be aware of ice jam releases in that time period, especially between Basalt and Carbondale. Ice jams release when sun melts both anchor and surface ice, causing a rise in stream flows and pushing huge chunks of ice and large debris down the river in a surge. These releases can be deadly for winter 
winter anglers. And the National Weather Service is advising people to exercise extreme caution in and around the Roaring Fork this week. In news from the Edless Neeson Arts and Culture Desk, an Americana band called The Lone Bellow is on their 10th anniversary tour, and they'll stop in Aspen tonight for a concert at Harris Hall. The band's self-titled debut album came out in 2013. Now, a decade later, their soulful harmonies and heartfelt lyrics come through in tracks like Homesick from the album Love Songs for Losers. Oh, you're homesick. Zach Williams, the guitarist and lead vocalist, says the 10th anniversary of The Lone Bellow has inspired him to think about the past and the future of the band. Williams says the group is taking control of their art by producing records themselves and fostering a sense of togetherness when they perform live. Live music can be a very fun, exciting, but also just like healing time for a community. The Lone Bellow plays at Harris Hall at 8 p.m. tonight. Tickets are available through aspenshowtix.com. A potbelly perspectives talk takes place at the Aspen Center for Environmental Studies Hallam Lake Nature Preserve tonight. Mountaineer Chris Warner was the second American to summit every 8,000-meter peak in the world. He'll be sharing the story of his climb up Shivling, a mountain in the Himalayas. The program is free with an RSVP at aspennature.org. It starts at 6 p.m. The Aspen Science Center has launched a new series of Ice Age Discovery Talks and tours in Snowmass Village. The program takes place every Tuesday at 1 p.m. It starts in the Limelight Snowmass Lobby, where an educator will talk about the mammoths and mastodons who lived in Snowmass thousands of years ago. Participants will also get to see replicas of Ice Age animal bones, teeth, tusks, and other items. Then folks can follow along on a guided walk through Base Village and the Snowmass Mall, where artists have created work inspired by the Ice Age. Snowmass Village was the site of a landmark discovery back in 2010 when crews unearthed thousands of Ice Age fossils in Ziegler Reservoir. A couple of local restaurateurs are taking over operations at Il Poggio, a beloved Italian restaurant in Snowmass Village. That's according to the Aspen Times. Jeff and Ashley Murky run the tavern bar and restaurant in Snowmass, plus the Aspen Country Food Hut next to their Harper and Hudson retail store. The eateries are known for their affordable prices relative to the average Aspen restaurant. The Murkies don't plan to change much at Il Poggio, except maybe a fresh coat of paint and a few new menu items. The former chef and owner of the Snowmass Mall staple is retiring. It may be only January, but the countdown is on for the Food & Wine Classic in Aspen this summer as festival organizers announce the lineup and get ready for ticket sales. Passes will be available tomorrow at noon, priced around three grand this year. That's $1,000 more than the 2023 price. The passes usually sell out just hours after they're released. This year's lineup includes celebrity chefs like Manit Chauhan. David Chang, Kristen Kish, Claudette Zepeda, and Andrew Zimmern. The festival takes place June 14th through the 16th in downtown Aspen.
And a quick correction for our listeners from one of our stories that aired on Monday. The downhill drag contest during Aspen Gay Ski Week takes place this Friday, January 19th, not this Saturday. It's scheduled from noon to 3 p.m. And in news from the Ski Report, the annual Owl Creek Chase is coming up this Sunday, but the cross-country ski race won't be on the Owl Creek Trail due to snow conditions. This year's course takes place entirely in Aspen. It starts and finishes on the golf course. Skiers will also cover the Moore Trails and the high school loop. It's been years since event organizers were able to host the traditional Owl Creek Chase, with a mass start in Snowmass Village and a finish in Aspen. Low snow has impacted the course on several occasions. The race went virtual in 2022, and when it finally seemed like the stars would align last year, moose activity near the Owl Creek Trail prompted another reroute. Local Olympian Hannah Fallhaber is out of commission after she took a fall in the halfpipe at Buttermilk last week. The freestyle skier posted on Instagram that she tore her ACL, MCL, and lateral meniscus. She's already been through surgery and says it's now time to rest and recover. Her post expressed gratitude for everyone who has helped and supported her through the process so far. In it, she writes, I'll be back soon. Sunshine and blue skies greeted skiers and snowboarders at Snowmass yesterday after a stormy weekend brought more than half a foot of fresh powder to the slopes. Mike Fisk of Basalt was taking it all in on the big burn chairlift. He's been skiing for almost 50 years, most of them here in the Roaring Fork Valley. He says it's easy to think we're spoiled by the surroundings, but Fisk prefers another word, grateful. Hopefully it's a passive thing, we just automatically appreciate it. But if not, it's easy to see how lucky we are. I spoke with Fisk for our Lift Line series, which shares the joys of winter sports through the voices of our community. And while gratitude may last a while, that clear weather yesterday didn't stick around for long. There's a winter weather advisory in effect through tomorrow evening, with 5 to 10 inches of snow possible in the mountains. Highs will be just around freezing throughout most of the valley. In statewide news, the Colorado Republican Party endorsed Donald Trump for president this past weekend before the Iowa caucus. The Denver Post reports that's despite party bylaws against endorsing candidates ahead of primary elections. The state GOP has already collected tens of thousands of dollars in ballot access fees from other presidential candidates. More than two-thirds of the party's central committee voted to support the endorsement Sunday night. Trump easily won the nation's first primary contest in Iowa Monday. Colorado and 15 other states will hold primary elections on March 5th. That's Super Tuesday. The state legislature canceled proceedings yesterday due to lingering impacts from winter weather over the holiday weekend. Blizzard conditions closed roads throughout the mountains, including along I-70, and many lawmakers had to travel back to Denver from their districts. The legislative session resumes today at 9 a.m. Several legislative committees will hold hearings this week, but they do not plan to review pending legislation yet. A new flavored tobacco bill at the Capitol aims to tackle youth vaping, but could again face stiff opposition. CPR reports it would give counties the ability to ban flavored tobacco and nicotine products. Democratic Senator Kyle Mullica from North Glen is a sponsor of the bill. So really what this bill does is it's saying that the counties can regulate in a similar fashion as the municipalities in their unincorporated areas. In 2022, a heavily lobbied bill to ban flavored tobacco statewide died at the end of the session. Governor Jared Polis said the issue should be handled at the local level.
The Aspen Public Radio Newscast is produced by our news team, which includes Hallie Sander, Caroline Yanez, Eleanor Bennett, and me, your host for the day, Kaya Williams. You can listen to the show every weekday morning on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you next time. <laughs>